Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Kind of pray in Psalm 67. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. God, keep us near your grace fountain and bless us. When you look down on us, may your face beam with joy. Send us out all over the world so that everyone everywhere will discover your ways and know who you are and see your power to save. Let all the nations I lost my place. Let all the nations burst forth with praise. Let everyone everywhere love and enjoy you. Then how glad the nations will be when you are their king. They will sing, they will shout, for you give true justice to the people. Yes, you, Lord, are the shepherd of the nations. No wonder the people praise you. Let all the people praise you more. The harvest of the earth is here. God, the very God we worship, keeps us satisfied at his banqueting and blessing. And the blessings keep coming. Then all the ends of the earth will give him the honor he deserves and be in awe of him. Father, right now I just pray, God, that we would be aware of your presence. God, that we would be aware of the blessings that you pour out on us, God, and that we would give gratitude and thanksgiving for all that you have done for us. Father, I pray for each person here, God, that you would minister to each one today, God. I pray, God, that you would stir them up, stir them up, God, in a way that they've never been stirred yet. I pray, Father, that the river of God would flow in this place. We call it forth. We call your giftings forth, God. Father, we give you this service this morning, and we say, God, have your way. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to change the atmosphere to what you want, and we give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I pray, Father, that your eternal purpose would be realized in a people filled with your wisdom and your life. I pray that a vessel from the nations would arise, coming out fully to your eternal goal and high heavenly calling. That, Father, your full thought, the mind of Christ, would be inwardly brought out in a new order of priesthood in your people. May your eternal thought and desire be realized in us uh, for the glory of your Son. I really sense that the Lord is saying I'm coming to do a new thing and I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I really feel like the Lord is saying, do not resist me, because it may be uncomfortable. Do not resist me. Allow me to do what I'm wanting to do into you. Because it will fulfill the destiny that I have for you. I am pouring out my fire to remove the dross and the things that are unpleasing to me in your life. Do not resist. Allow me to do 
what I'm wanting to do in you. Father, I ask you to forgive me for resisting you sometimes because it's uncomfortable, because it doesn't feel good. I ask God for your grace and your mercy for each of us, God. Help us to accomplish all that you want us to accomplish, to fulfill the destiny that you have for each of us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. I had a dream last night that was dark. Never had a dream like that before. And I asked the Lord this morning what that meant. I had there were ninja type people all around and I was watching them kill, methodically go around and kill people. And as I'm watching one giant ninja type person came up in front of me and just stood there but he didn't kill me so I don't get this Lord told me today that that's the world around you that's people dying because they don't know me he didn't touch you because I am your shield I am your protection stand in me so I don't know if somebody needs to hear this this morning but as I was standing over there I felt like I needed to say it so this morning we were sitting um, on the floor playing with June, and she has a dimple. And my aunt said, um, you know, I researched that once, and, and uh, research says that that's an imperfection. And I said, I said, um, no, that's not an imperfection. She's perfect. And, and so I just, felt like, I just felt like the Lord was wanting me to say that he made us perfect in his image and don't ever let anybody in the world or science tell you that something is imperfect about you because the Lord is truth. And so just take that in. Uh, so we're, uh, we're going with plan B this morning. Uh, Arnie was going to teach today. Uh, and he's got a good message for us, uh, but I I don't feel like today is the day for that message. So uh, so there must be a different message. <laughs> and uh, I I think the message that that the Lord was was giving me up there and. And I, I had a sensation during worship that I've never had before. I, I mean, I, I felt like I was about to be translated to heaven. Like, like it was this close. Like if I would have jumped, I wouldn't have come down. Uh, I've never felt that before. So I know the Lord is here uh, in a unique way this morning, and and so uh, what I what I felt like He was saying uh, as we were worshiping is. Uh, You know, when we did the song, You Won't Relent, uh, 
He he gave everything for us, and and he expects nothing less of of us. Uh, we we know that he said, if if you want to be my disciple, then you have to lay down your life, take up your cross, and and follow me. But but the church has told us something different. And we like what the church says better than what Jesus said. And so we we want to listen to what the church says because it's not going to cost us our life. But in the end, it just may. Uh, so I'm I'm reading a couple books right now. Uh, the new Terry Bennett book, and, uh, and also an old book by Watchman Nee uh, called the the Breaking of the Outer Man and the Release of the Spirit. And those two books are, are just, uh, they're feeding each other in, in me as I go through them. And uh, Watchman Nee is, is talking about, in, in the chapter that I'm in right now, uh, about us having something in our hands. And that's not a good thing for us to have something in our hands because then when the Father asks us to do something we have to say well wait until I'm finished with this thing that I'm doing and and then I can do the thing that you're asking me to do Because the, the reality is, most of us in, in our culture, this is very easy. We can have so many things in our hands that we don't even hear what the Father's asking us to do. It's, it's like our hands are so full, we're, we're telling Him just. Just wait, and when I'm not quite so busy, I'll, I'll sit down and listen to what you're telling me. And, and that's not a good place for us to be. And, and so, um, you know, it, it looks a little more sparse here than the last time you were here, probably, huh? Yeah. Well, um, you know, we're we're really trying to go somewhere with the Lord, and and the farther we go, the fewer people want to actually go all the way, and, and that's that's all it is. Uh, and, and I understand that, and, and the Lord understands that, 
The Son of God ended up with 120 people at the end of his ministry. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, there there really is not safety in numbers. That's that's another thing that people comfort themselves with in in our culture. Well, if you're going to a huge church, then they must be doing things right. And I mean, the reality reality is they may or may not. Be. Uh, <laughs> it, it isn't necessarily a sign that they're they're not doing thing, things right, but at the same time, it isn't necessarily a sign that they are. Um, it's just uh, God has us on kind of a unique journey uh, of of exactly what Phyllis was hearing from the Lord uh, today. Uh, and so the Lord is is asking us. He's he's asking me, but he's he's also asking us. This is part of what he was saying to you is to get some of those things out of our hands. Uh, there, there is value in that Sermon on the Mount life of simplicity that Jesus encouraged us to pursue. And, and so, yeah, he, he's been talking to me about that and I I've been trying not to resist, <laughs> sometimes with more success than other times. Uh, but but that's uh, the part of laying down our life and taking up our cross and, and following Him is if if we want more of His life and. Really, the, the message of Watchman Nee's book is, you know, we have two men. And if our outer man remains intact, in control, and unbroken, our inner man is trapped and cannot get out. The, the life of God does not flow out of a life that that is lived that way. And and so the Lord, uh, in in his wisdom, he he seeks to break the outer man. And and that is almost always a, a difficult and terribly painful breaking but we he, he would get us to a place where we're saying I don't know anymore I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do I, I, I don't know what the right thing is right and and that that is that's a good place. That, that's a good place that where he wants to get us, because then the outer man is broken, 
because the outer man knows what to do. <laughs> and, and he will take control, and he will do it, and he will exalt self, and he will provide for self, and he will uh, give self what self wants, and and self will be happy. But the inner man will be in, in a state of uh, being locked up. And, and so, uh, <clears throat> the, the Lord would have us live actually in, in a place of brokenness. Uh, a place of dependence. Uh, a place of, of the dying of, of the outer man. Because if, if the soul is in control, the spirit is not. And if the spirit is not in control, then the life of God can't really be released. And, and so, this is what the Lord is, is saying, don't resist me in, in this process. There, there are things in our hands that will will have to be laid down. Uh, they, they will have to be brought uh, under the Lordship of Christ Jesus, because yes, the Lord desires to do exactly what he was saying through Phyllis today. And would you just give us that word again? He'll, he'll give it back to you. It may be words a little different, but it's going to be the gist of it. God is doing a new thing. And it may not be comfortable. So don't resist. Because it has to do with your destiny that he has. And it may hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. But we have to keep our eyes focused on God. Because he will give us the strength to walk through it. Now I'm just kind of getting some different things here a little bit. So, but the main gist of it is don't resist what I'm doing because he's going to send a fire to burn away the dross that's in us and the things that's unpleasing to him that's in us. But we can stop the hand of God by resisting. And the thing is, is if we do that, you will be miserable. Because there's nothing that is more satisfying than being where God wants you to be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the as as I read Terry's new book, he's he's unfolding many aspects of God's eternal thought and, and plan that that has been in in an ongoing movement since creation. And uh, you know the the heart of the Father has has been since creation, since since before the fall, that his life would come forth in humans in in such a way that that marriage is the only picture. Uh, as husband and wife, the two become one and become unified in in purpose and destiny and and everything. Uh, and and the and the wife is is to submit to the leadership of of the husband. Uh, this this is the picture of Christ Jesus, the bridegroom, and each each human being who would desire that and submit to the process of that happening so that the life of Christ Jesus would come forth in a ruling and leading way in, in the life of every human being. That, that was God's original thought and, and plan. And, and that, was, that was temporarily derailed by the fall. Uh, but is is being restored, uh, has been restored uh, by Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection uh, on our behalf. And it's it's the fullness of that. That creation groans to see, because when the fullness of, of that relationship, and, and that is the thing uh, that God desires so much, uh, you know, he, he can create anything, He can have anything, but He is so relational. That, that he would rather have some of us choose this life that he offers. And, and, and this, this is what we have to understand so that we don't resist. Uh, I mean, this, this will be the most glorious existence possible. To, to have the, the very God of heaven uh, 
essentially possessing us, but but not in, in a way that is um, controlling and manipulative, but a, a way that is leading and revealing and uh, <clears throat> you know just bringing forth more life, such that the rivers of living water will flow out of us because he he is the the source of the river and, and with without the fullness of his life in a people those words of Jesus will not be fulfilled and and, and there there have been Throughout the last 2,000 years, there have been little glimpses of, of this take place among small groups of, of people. But I, I believe that we're living in a time when the Lord is about to do this on a much wider scale across the earth. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and and so, you know, we we have to understand that we, in a sense, we are seated with Christ in, in heavenly places, and, and I've, I've been. Digging into the book of Ephesians, and I'm going to be doing some some teaching through the book of Ephesians, probably. But there's there's so much, so many times in, in the book of Ephesians that, and this this is toward the end of Paul's life when when he is experiencing more of the fullness of the life of Christ in him. Than, than anybody else. Uh, we we compare Paul's writings to Peter's and James and, and, and John and, and nobody else understood the mystery of Christ in us, the hope of glory, anywhere near what what Paul did. Uh, he because he was experiencing. And so you look at the book of Ephesians and everything that he's saying it's it's in Christ it's through Christ it's just just everything because Christ was becoming his life and, and, and so that's that's what the Lord is, is in the process of doing I, I can't even say he's about to do because he's in the process of doing it and this is what he's speaking to us today is don't resist because the, this is something that is I mean just just think about what whatever it is that's in your hands right now that's, that's occupying your mind your time your thoughts you know, what God is offering is so much more glorious than that. 
<laughs> whatever it might be, to to share the the very life of God uh, on earth, to to be the the vessel through which the the Lord brings life to to many. Uh, you know what what else? <laughs> what else can compare to that? There there isn't anything. And I mean that's that's the reality. And and our our soul would would still try to convince us <laughs> to keep our hands full, keep our mind on, on the things of the earth and, and let the soul remain in charge. Uh, but the the Lord is, is gonna have us uh, to be making small steps in obedience to him in, in this area. <laughs> and it's going to look different for every one of us because every one of us has different things in our hands. Uh, <clears throat> but, but this is what the Lord's saying today. He's, he's offering us something. He's, he's brought us to, and, and it's, it's so not a coincidence that you guys are here. Uh, because your hearts are still with us. spoke about the sparsity. Seeds fell on good ground. There was your 30-fold, your 60-fold, 100-fold. Think of it as a percentage. There's more 30% Christians, less 60%, and very few 100%. Some of the verses came to mind as I was sharing. First was John 6.63 where Jesus says it is the spirit that is life. The flesh profits nothing. Or the ESV says there's no help at all. And so when we're talking about life in Christ it's not the flesh that brings us to the life of Christ. That's where the vast majority of the church that are even pursuing God, and as I shared about three weeks ago, probably 70% or more of the church is not pursuing God. So we need in our personal lives to know that my thoughts, my efforts in the flesh, are not going to get the job done. Paul talks in Philippians 3, verse 3, about 
having no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. Because what can you do? You know, as I've shared with you before, I come out of a background that values knowledge. Almost idolizes it. You know, I, mean, I worked with the Navigate one night. They worked with me. <laughs> uh, some guys that have been discipled by the Navigators trying to disciple me. Someone questioned how successful that was. But, um, their emphasis in a lot of times is memorizing scripture. You know, they teach you to memorize two verses a week, and then you got these verses that you're reviewing daily and all this stuff. And it's all focused on knowing scripture. But you can know scripture and not know God. And just look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They can quote it to you. You know, by age 13, devout Jewish boys can quote you the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Try that one on precise. But where does it get them? Does it bring them into the life of God? Every once in a while, the Spirit touches that, and we get somebody like Paul. You know, when when. But look at what happened to Paul. One day he's persecuting Christians. He's on the road to Damascus with a, a warrant, basically, from the priests to to imprison and probably execute Christians. God intervenes and says, wait a minute, buddy. And then what would, how did Paul respond? Who are you, Lord? I think he knew, you know. But apart from the revelation of the Spirit, we don't have anything of value in our life and therefore we have nothing to give to anyone else. We don't have the life of Christ flowing in us because we're just walking in our mind. You know, we're just trying to do what Scripture tells us to do. And oftentimes we're not even relying on the Spirit to do that. So I'm, I'm sharing with you where I'm at, the struggle that I've, I've been coming through, and... You know, I still, I think there's great value in reading Scripture. I read through the Bible every year. Um, I still do memorize Scripture. But there's got to be an anointing of the Spirit of God on that, or it is meaningless. And that's, that's hard. You say, well, knowing Scripture is meaningless? Paul said in one of the Corinthian epistles, knowledge, it's saying knowledge even in scripture, knowledge puffs up, makes you proud. So there's a spiritual pride. In fact, the navigators used to say there's nobody more obnoxious than somebody who's memorized the first thousand verses. You know, because they think they know so much. When in reality, they're just getting started. How many verses in scripture are there? So they're just barely getting started, you know, but they think they're so 
spiritual because knowledge has puffed them up. So I just want to share with you the struggle that I've had and the struggle that those who are pursuing relationship with God in the church are having. And again, we really need to be praying for the church. There's 70% of the church that doesn't even believe in the basic tenets of Scripture. That's got to grieve God's heart. You want to pray for us? want to know how to figure out whether or not you're resisting asking and you know what you're not going to be able to do it on your own that's that's the key you're going to realize that I can't hold on to Jesus without him holding on to me and I'm not going to make it He's not holding me. But he will. See, because he's relentless and he's faithful. But he gets you to a place where he shows you how desolate you are. Where you thought you were okay. Kind of figuring things out. But I know that my love for him is not hot. And I have not paid attention to him enough. I don't love him like I should. But I can't change that. He's got to do it. So that's my prayer. As he comes to you and you recognize you need to be broken. You You need him to show you how desolate you are. You really are. You haven't figured out anything. And you haven't. And you got to say, God, but I can't do this without you. And so that's my prayer. That you just cry out to him and say, I thought I had this down. <laughs> Help. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I see what Terry Bennett teaches about the judgment that's going to come upon leaders. And I think, oh, my God. <laughs> you know. I don't. I, he showed me that I'm a worker of iniquity because I still do things that I think is right in my own sight. I don't want. I don't want to enter the gates and him say, "I knew you not." I do not want to be a worker of iniquity. And he showed me I am. I am. And I said, "Oh no, God, because you've got to come in. You've got to change me." You know, so that's, you just giving time. You repent, and that's a gift. You can't even repent on your own. That's a gift. you got to cry out to him and say, Oh, God, I need that godly sorrow because that's the only way he's going to change in me because I know this stuff up here, but I can't change my heart. I can't. He's the only one that knows my heart. And the time is now now 
So my prayer, Father, I cry out to you right now. Remove any veil in me, in each of us, that is between us and you. Any veil, God, I'm asking you to come in and utterly destroy. God, anything that's in my hand that I'm not trusting you for, that I have not surrendered, I'm asking you for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and strengthen each one of us so that we trust you. God, that we lay down our lives again. Everything, our children, we lay them before you, our grandchildren. Anything, God, that we're holding on to, that you would come and shine your light and show us where we're not trusting you. Show us how desolate we are. Show us how much we're not loving Jesus like you want us to. And God, help us to recognize that you are the only one that make those changes in us. Father, cause us not to resist you and not to be offended in anything that you do. And we, we cry out for your mercy and your grace. But God, we give you all the praise and glory because we know who you are. You're a good God. You're faithful. And that you're going to do this. You won't let go of us. And you're not going to leave us this way. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. You you will bring it to completion. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Amen. He he will. Yeah. He's, He's more powerful than our weakness. Yeah. Yep. So... Next Sunday, let's let's have a carry-in brunch. So carry it in. We'll eat at 10:30, and <laughs> and and then we'll uh, then we'll we'll just see where it goes from there. We'll be blessed. 